tell them here and let them be Well, I got something deep inside of me I can't hide it anymore It needs to be so free There's no Welcome to the show. My guest today is uh, a filmmaker, but probably most famously known as an actress, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Krusek. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hello, everyone. Uh, so I wanted to start by telling you a story that you I've never told about, about you, uh, how this interview or this conversation came about. Uh, so I'm not uh, a... I'm not really like a there's signs in the universe kind of person that tell you to do stuff. Like mm-hmm. I'm not like really I wouldn't categorize myself that way. However, there's there was a series of occurrences that led me to try to reach out to you to get you on the show so we can kind of chat and also f- for me to tell you this kind of thing that I thought was really cool. Um so one uh I yeah, last I think last uh, uh summer or fall I had to like kind of sort through stuff at my parents house and I found these old magazines that I used to write for uh I had hard copies uh, a magazine called yoke magazine and and uh so one and then like, I think you're on the cover of one of them because I like was saving my published articles right and so I think you had a feature so that was one so then you're like oh I remember, yeah it was kind of like a Oh yeah, Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Because I posted too. Oh, did you recently? Oh, okay. Where I posted that picture of uh, the cover. And because I saw that picture, and then it made me think of when you know we actually met in person, which was uh, you know several years ago, where we had to pitch to all these like executives and kind of famous people, and it was like nerve wracking, and we kind of commiserated over how having hard to, how hard it was. Yes, having to pitch our, our wares, sell our wares. Quickly. Yeah, uh, I. Fun fact. I guess I could say this. Why not? I we and we had to pitch to Sun Kang of oh, yeah. Fast and the Furious fame, and, uh-huh. and that was a bit intimidating because I couldn't separate him from the character oh, he played. So, so like, I just was like very intimidated. Anyways, uh, so anyway, so you were. So then later last fall, I taught a Asian American Studies film and TV class, uh, and I took over for a mentor of mine and finished like those like I taught like I don't know 16 weeks and um I had the authority to change the syllabus mm-hmm. and so I noticed that Saving Face which is a film you starred in was not on the syllabus what yeah so I put it in I There's was no like Asian America without Saving Face <laughs> so I put it I put in this I put in the film on the on the uh syllabus had the students uh watch it uh, and, um, I got like, in particular, I got one email afterwards from a student that was like, I'm so glad you introduced me to Saving Face. I ne- I'd never heard of this movie. Um, and I never knew that there was a film that spoke to my own personal experience as, you know, um, I guess a, a lesbian, mm-hmm. uh, woman. Uh, Asian American lesbian woman, and and I then I see this film Saving Face, and it's like it was like I identified with it, and I, there was nothing 
that I had prior to uh, associate my experience with, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, and then you're just top of mind. I was like, oh, you know what? I got to like talk to I got to tell Michelle this in person or like in some kind of podcast thing or whatever, um, just to share how I thought that was really cool that like cool and also not cool because I mean, that movie was about it's about 15 years old. Oh my gosh. Not to, not to age, not to age you or myself, but to have a student, like a college, you know, sophomore, junior, whatever, undergrad, not have a film that they can kind of grab onto, except for Saving Face, which is like 15 years old. Like there's, there's been nothing in between for that student. It's kind of, you know. Yeah. Not the best yeah. to hear. But then at the same time, it's cool that at least Saving Face still has a, a place and it resonates with people. And I was, I was actually pleasantly surprised that that student like dug the film. That's so great. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that that particular film, it, it does stand the... I, I feel like the, because of that, the fact that there just really isn't a lot that for us to consume... Yeah. Um, when it comes to Asian American stories, um, that movie does still have a lot of relevance. And, you know, I'm never surprised when people tell me, oh, I just saw Saving Face for the first time. And internally, I'm like, well, that's a really old movie. <laughs> right. But, but, you know, socially now, I, I do think that um, there is more coming out. But I don't think that that has, that has happened until recently. Like super recently. Yeah. 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 So, um, but... Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to tell you that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that because I actually am a believer. I am one who believes in signs. I look for signs. Okay. And so when I hear that kind of story where, uh, you know, someone is putting together sort of the beyond mathematical equation, like this can't just be coincidence. I, I get excited. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've had some experiences where I can't explain. So... <laughs> So perhaps signs, oh. no, so perhaps I should be more of a seeker of signs in the world. and. Oh, yeah. yeah you know I'm, how. A, I'm, a, I'm a big seeker. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, uh, I guess, uh, what do you, yeah, I don't want people to think that you've not done any work since Saving <laughs> Face. Like what, because you have, I just, that was just an, a noteworthy film in the Asian American canon of films. I've been uh, around. I've been around. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, are you? Uh, uh, you're, you've, I mean, you've done. You've gotten into the space of creating your own material, like as a writer. And I have recently. I think also because uh, some of the work that I do on the side, which is process oriented, has been pointing me towards going back to what I came here to do. But when I first arrived in Los Angeles, I came here with a one-person show, and I was. Uh, that was sort of my. Uh, you know, for lack of better description, it was sort of my calling card, my business card. Right. And that opened a lot of doors for me. And I took the, I got off the creator track and went to the, towards the acting only track mm-hmm. purely because I think, uh, at the time you just didn't see multi-hyphenate actors. You might have writer, director, producer, but you just never saw actor, writer, director at the time. Yeah, that's fair. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was looked down upon, I think because people saw it as, oh, you're just trying to create a platform for yourself. Whereas now we see people having their stories and wanting to tell their stories and we hire people because of their stories. Mm -hmm. So times have changed. And now 
I have gained enough maturity to, to realize, oh, I really do have more stories to tell. So I'm taking that track now and going back to what I'm calling my roots, which is coming here with uh, the story of, of my family and ultimately why I'm here in America, which is, I, I actually think it's a good segue into my story. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But, yeah. but you know, I'm well, just saying it's kind of all related now. Actually. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we get into your uh, untold story and then we can, we can hype, hype your stuff oh, afterward. Hype my work. Oh yeah. 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 But let's, let's, if it's a good, I, I don't, I don't want to miss a good segue. Well, you know, I think it just, it just speaks to why I'm in Los Angeles, why I came to America or how I arrived in America. Okay. And, uh, the, sort of the through line and the thrust of all of that goes back to my point of origin, which is my adoption. Oh, oh okay. And um, I never really talked about, I, I think I'm open enough. I openly talk about my adoption, but, um, but I don't talk about the details leading up to the adoption and how it's affected my birth family and um, mm. how it sort of, drives me as a person yeah no i i'm ex- yeah i i think sometimes yeah people will say like a a surface level like i was adopted or something and then you don't go into the detail because of whatever reason so that, that's gonna be kind of cool to hear yeah the details of 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 kind of what happened or what's happened yeah well i you know i did stand up for a short period of time just because i wanted to try it and i was trying to write new material Okay. And I always opened the set with I'm adopted and you could always tell the room would go, uh, oh yeah. Like nobody knew what to respond to when I said I'm adopted and they would always wait for my, my point of view, you know, and I always thought that was really funny and fun to start that way to see how the room would respond. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how to respond yet either. Exactly, it's a weird thing, right? Because you're yeah. like, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, or that's great. You know, you don't really know what to say to someone when they say I'm adopted. Um, but uh, basically, when my mother was pregnant with me, and she was very young, she was probably 16 at the time. I think 16 or 17. I don't know about you being Asian, but whenever I talk about or ask my family about their age or like what happened before I was born. Like, details always get muddy. Like, they don't really know the answers. Like, when I say, well, my birth mother, was she married when she had me? Was I illegitimate? Everybody kind of goes, and I'm like, I can't tell what you're trying to hide from me. Are you embarrassed? Because I'm not embarrassed. I mean, if I was born illegitimately, I think that's kind of cool, <laughs> you know, but in the Chinese culture, you know, they don't like talking or disclosing family secrets. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if my mom was 16 or 17 when she had me. And you're in, uh, and she's this in, is in Taiwan. Taiwan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my parents, uh, probably they did some version of, of eloping, but, um, but my mother, she was adopted as well. Your birth, my birth mother. mother. Oh, my okay. My birth mother was adopted. Oh, wow. Okay. And she was actually, so her story is really interesting. And this is sort of the family lore, but she was adopted by a family who was told okay. by a fortune teller that 
if they wanted to have children, they needed to adopt a child and that would break their curse of sterility, which is what they were experiencing. They couldn't have children. So they adopted my mother so that okay. they could then have children of their own, which is what happened. So she was adopted first, and then they began having children of their own, and my mother was relegated to becoming the housekeeper. Oh. Yeah, so she kind of became like Cinderella, except there was no there was no glass slipper, there was no fairy yeah, yeah, there was no yeah. fairy tale ending. She just was, I think, not treated very well. So I think when my mother saw the first young handsome man who fell in love with her, she basically fell in love with him. And they had me. Okay. And during that time, because she was so superstitious, what had already happened to the family that she had been raised by, mm-hmm. um, when she had me, she herself was adop- was was approached by a fortune teller when she was pregnant with me. And the fortune teller asked her, you know, and said, actually, I don't know, I don't think he asked her, but he said, if this is a boy the boy is going to stay with you and he's going to take care of you and he's going to give you everything he has. Mm-hmm. But if this is a girl, she's not going to be your daughter. She's going to go to some other country and she's going to, she's not going to belong to you and she doesn't even belong to this country. And so Whoa. that stayed with her. Yeah. And so when she had me, uh, I think one of the details, I'm sorry, I'm parceling this out. So, you know, so I wish I, I wish I had a more fluid way, but I've actually never told the story publicly. No, that's what's, uh, that's what's cool about, yeah. about it is, you know, it's a, it's a, a real raw telling of raw the story. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think part of the, part of his description was that I was going to travel the world and then I was going to go to America and he predicted a, a, quite a few things that my mother, my birth mother later told me, um, but I, I could never tell, like, well, what, what would, did he really say and what was interpreted? Because I don't speak um, Mandarin or Taiwanese fluently, so I'm also interpreting from my base, mm-hmm. basic knowledge of Mandarin. Right. So, um, so she had me, and then my grandmother basically encouraged her to send me to America with... Uh, my aunt, my aunt, who is my father's older sister, okay, saying she'll have a better life in America, she, and and she, I think my at the time my mother already had two kids and another one was on the way, hmm. so I think when all of this kind of went down, I was like either three or five, you know, in the Chinese tradition, when you're born, you're already a year older because they count the time of of you being in. Yes. Station. So you're when you're born, you're already one. Right, right. So whenever my family tells me lore and they're like, "You were five, I'm like, "Was I five or was I three? You know. So uh, you know, they 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 tell me that I was three. And okay. I think I was actually. They tell me that I was five, but I was actually three. I think, three. When I was adopted. Right. Okay. But um, so. My mother was really greatly impacted by this fortune teller. Yeah. In fact, she kept having children until she had a boy. She kept having girls until she had a boy. Oh, jeez. Okay. And so she had five kids. And so when she finally got her boy, I think she finally felt like, okay, she could stop having children. Oh, jeez. Um, okay. But she ended up giving me to my aunt who lived in America with her American husband. And they adopted me. 
and they're they're the basis of my last name. My father, Karl Kruzik, he his Kruzik's a Polish Polish last name. Yeah. So I took his name, and I moved to America. Meanwhile, my younger sister was adopted and given away to a daughter uh, to a doctor who lived down the street. I think my sister was very ill at the time. And the doctor started looking after her. Oh, okay. And then I think soon thereafter, he kind of suggested, well, why don't I take this child and raise it for you? Because, you know, my daughter, my sister's, um, my sister, my mom at the time is, you know, 20 years old or 21. You know, and she's pretty young. Four or five kids. Yeah, then. already with three or four kids. Yeah. So she was adopted by this neighbor who then later moved away. And I think they said that they moved to Japan. Mm. So, um, so I think I have a sister somewhere in Japan and she's only a year apart from me. Okay. And I've never, I've never found her. I've always asked my family, well, like, where is she? And they, they give me this, this response of, Oh, we know where she is. We can find her anytime. Hmm. But, I've asked, well, why don't you find her? You know, why don't, why don't you find her? And, you know, it's that weird, I don't know if it's a Chinese thing or an Asian thing, or maybe it's just a working class thing. They, they don't want to reach out to her because they're afraid of, of well, what do, they, what do they have to offer her? Like, mm-hmm. like, I think they're afraid that if they reached out, that maybe they owe her something or, or something, you know, like, like that would bring on more hardship Okay. So, which is strange to me, but now I'm, I'm, when I was younger, I think I, I somehow understood like, oh, I understand you don't want to, you don't want to reach out and find your daughter because maybe she'll then turn around and be like, well, you need to give me money for college or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but now as a mother myself, I'm thinking, well, why wouldn't you want to, why wouldn't you want to find out where your da- daughter is? You know? Hmm. Um, why, why wouldn't you, you know? So that's basically my story. So you you have a sister. I do. I have a you sister. Have no idea where she is in the world. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't even. I have. I've seen a picture of her. Okay. And ironically, I thought that was me when I saw the picture, and then my father, my birth father, said, "No, no, that's your younger sister." Um. Yeah. Let's. Uh, so I guess I I want to first ask. Uh, so you, you've been in touch with your birth family, mm-hmm. like regularly, or just it took a was there like a long separation or there was a long separation. I was adopted, and um, I think I came to America when I was five. Yeah, and I didn't have any contact with them, uh, physical contact. I had phone contact occasionally, maybe once a year. Oh, okay. Uh, to my grandmother. Uh, I don't think I really talked to my parents, though. I just, it was mostly my grandmother who I would occasionally, hmm. you know, say, Hi, Grandma, how are you? And that's pretty much it. But I knew that they existed and I knew, okay. I remembered them for sure because I was already five. So I had hmm. memories of them. Yeah. And I um, eventually went back to meet them when I was 12. Okay. And I went back to Taiwan for the first time. As, uh, a, as an adolescent. Yeah. And have you, um, not, I mean, uh, are you in touch with any of them? I am now? in touch with them. I, I wish I was, I was, I wish I was in better communication with them, but because my Mandarin is what it is, I mean, I'm, I've studied enough of it that I can communicate 
fairly well now as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, really complex ideas. I'm gonna need a translation. I'm a translator. Uh, I can I can pretty much communicate and get my needs met. Yeah, and I can communicate moderately well. But in terms of nuances and understanding mm-hmm. history and stories, that's that's harder for me. Yeah, I'm curious. You know, uh, this uh, it's kind of like a this like a search for your sister. Yeah, you know? I mean a little bit. Yeah, I mean eventually. I, I mean, I've been toying with this idea of searching for my sister publicly. Yeah. Because I think nowadays you probably could find somebody pretty well because of social media and, you know, having yes, an yeah. online presence. But um, but it is, it is one of those things where I, I emotionally haven't dealt with it in a way that... that yeah. Like, I haven't really processed it. Yeah. I guess, you know... I mean, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm an only child, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much I can contribute to, to, to sibling talk and whatnot, but, uh, I think it's interesting that, um, I guess there's like some kind of bond you still feel with your sister though you were, oh, this is what I would say. Sorry. I, mm-hmm. I, in my mind, I think adoption often is focused on the person adopted like mm-hmm. like like I'm an adoptee and this is my experience but then sometimes you there's a whole other network of people affected by it yeah like in this case your sister was adopted too and mm-hmm. you've lost contact with her and you think she might be in Japan maybe yeah you i don't know. even know if she she knows she's adopted Oh dang! Yeah, yeah. Oh, dang. I, I don't. I mean, I I doubt it, but I I don't know. I don't have any evidence. It's like so, she could have seen Saving Face and just been like, "That person looks similar to me, but I don't know that person." Yeah, yeah. Or maybe. or any of any of the films you've been in, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't even. I don't know how uh, how global my presence is. <laughs> I know, well, you know, what's funny is I went back to Taiwan in 2005 with the Golden Horse nomination for Saving Face, which is their Chinese Oscar. Oh, cool. And I was nominated. It was really kind of out of the blue. I wasn't expecting it. And I went back to Taiwan and I think my family thought I was this huge star in America. <laughs> mm. And I really, you know, I'm not. So, um, No, you are. Let's Oh, no. Thank you're you. you're being you're being humble. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you. I I'm a I'm a you know I've been a consistent working actor for a long time. Yeah. I've had you know really nice successes, but I overall I'm not like a household name or anything. So I don't know what my presence would be in in Asia. You know, like I don't sure. know if somebody would see me. Sure. Right. In that old rerun of you know Hawaii Five O and, <laughs> and be like oh you know no, it's, uh, it's that major actress. <laughs> yeah. No. I I guess it's like a. Um, Oh, here's a quiz question. Uh-huh. What what if, uh, what if like, what if my podcast was like insane and I was like, Michelle, I have the information <laughs> you need. We can have your sister come on the show. What if like it like started let, right here? David, yeah, right what here. If, I don't. What have you thought about like what if you actually had the info and you actually could find her? Like, what would you, would you do it? Would you hold oh, back? Oh yeah, no, no, 
no, I would totally do it. Okay. I'm, I'm an adventurer when it comes to, to those things. I think it's just a matter of, like, I, I like to take my experiences and I like to use them as platforms. Yeah. That's just, I don't know why, but it's just something I've always done since I was a kid. I think it's maybe just too much Reader's Digest when I was, like, really, really young. Okay. <laughs> do you remember Reader's Digest? I do, yeah, yeah. It, the things that I was fascinated by were yeah. always those anecdotal stories. And I, w- I would sit and read those stories, and I really consumed those stories a lot. So I think somehow, f- when I think of s- good stories, I always think of personal stories. So the search for my sister would somehow entail some kind of creative platform for it. Um, is there uh, any, I mean, you're a creative artist now, is there any, There's was there any kind of like, influence of like being adopted or growing up in america with like a a, 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 your adoptive parents like was there any sort of like what drew you to kind of like want to pursue the arts i guess yeah kind of circling back to that um yeah for me the whole coming to america based on this fortune teller's (laughs) sorry (laughs) let me take a drink yeah you should drink some water yeah people burp right people burp all the time when they're telling you stories (laughs) I didn't even know you were burping. Uh, that was very polite, actually. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're we don't have sponsorships, but if any water company wants to <laughs> wants to endorse this podcast, <laughs> we will gladly accept. Um, um, but yeah, no. Circling back to what I was, why I brought up the adoption in the first place is because the way my story was framed by my mother who raised me. She was very adamant in reminding me constantly that I came to America for a purpose Hmm. and telling me and reminding me that I have this birth family in Taiwan who is not as, who aren't as privileged as I am, who weren't so lucky to get, you know, the education I received here in America. Yeah. They don't have the freedoms of what I've been able to pursue. And because of that, I've always been tasked with the idea of I've got to take my success, whatever success I have, and I've got yeah. to go and save my family, mm, you know? Okay. And that was always my driving yeah. force, like through my twenties. I was, it was all about like, and I got to do this to make my life worthy of being here. And you, and you came to LA to pursue entertainment. So where, where did you grow up i guess in america like- i grew up in virginia beach virginia okay, I grew okay. Up, my father was my and when i my adoptive father i mean I, I always refer to my parents as my mother and my father because they're emotionally that's who they are yeah yeah um, let's do that usually yeah. when i refer to my birth parents i'll refer to them as Got birth it. parents um but my parents here they uh, my father was in um in the navy so we moved around quite a bit and i was I growing see. up but we ended up eventually settling in virginia beach and um, that's where I grew up in, you know, the suburbs. Okay. Uh, and Polish father. Polish yeah, roots. Polish American father. And then your mother's. And my mother is Taiwanese. She's my uh, oh. uh, my adopt. She's my birth father's older. Oh sister. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's right. So because I, she was constantly reminding me that I was adopted, <laughs> and that I needed to work hard, to also return the favor of being a given up for adoption. That's the way she framed it, (laughs) you know, because like my mother, you know, she my both my mothers were saying, well, we sacrificed a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I also think that was like 
the Chinese way of getting getting your kids to like feel grateful to you. You know, I think what's interesting, uh, I feel like uh, maybe I don't know enough adoption stories, but in 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 the case of your your story, um, you know, you have sort of some tie to Taiwan culture growing up, though you were, you know, adopted because because your your mother here, like I often have heard of someone getting adopted into like a new family and a whole new environment, not necessarily having a tie to their birth mm-hmm. uh, culture, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. So I think that's kind of interesting that you've still had that element in your life uh, in America uh, and, and still had a tie to your birth family. Yeah. Basically, I mean. Yeah. Um, no, I think that was a very, I think that was a really powerful value that was ingrained in me Mm -hmm. powerful in that i was weighted by it and i was also tasked with the challenge to make that make that count towards something Mm -hmm. my adoption so i think really my 20s was filled with this force of you know i gotta prove myself you know yeah and, um, and that was both a good thing and also a, also a bad thing, you know, because I think it, it forced me in many ways to excel quickly. But it also, as an artist, what I learned as an actor is you can't really work under pressure like that. It's not, it's not organic to your creativity. Mm-hmm. You, can, you, can, you, can, you can do well under pressure, but at a certain point, you hit a ceiling and that ceiling is that you don't grow beyond you don't grow beyond just that because that alone i don't think is going to nurture your talent or nurture your imagination or nurture your productivity i think what it does is it gets you to produce results and i and i hit mm. i definitely hit a ceiling where the results i was producing for me felt they were, I was, I mean, I was very happy and very lucky to have a very successful career when I got here to Los Angeles, but I I don't know how enjoyable it was for me. I don't know how much joy or or pleasure I I derived from it. Right. And I think, yeah, that's kind of part of that grind here is, you know, creating something and, but also having that artists like joyful like why are you doing this in the first place why were you even here why do you even want to write yeah yeah exactly and I think that now I'm in that that place and it's not necessarily just about joy it it feels more like well if I am going to tell stories what kind of stories do I want to tell now and I think much of my early career was about finding craft helping myself figure out what my instrument was as an actor and as a as a creator and as a creative. And now um, it's just, you know, it's now I'm, I'm more mature and I'm deeper and, and mm. I'm also reminding myself that, oh, working under pressure in that regard doesn't necessarily produce the kind mm-hmm. of results I think I'm, I am wanting to have. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think for creativity, it's not, it's not the same as sports. You can't just like, you know, practice 100 jump shots and... Get back. It's not doesn't really quite work that way. No, it yeah. doesn't. Not especially not in Hollywood either. Just because no. you do things 
a lot doesn't actually it's not really rewarded it's not doesn't work in the same yeah. way yeah um i think well uh i guess we'll i do want to make sure we we hype all your stuff that you're doing now but i i wanted to ask uh you know i mean you basically revealed that you have a sister you don't know where she is uh, and that, that's not something you've ever mentioned publicly and i'm honored that you did it on this podcast but uh how do you feel like that you just kind of now it's going to be out in the world like it's you know people are going to know that you might want to find your sister yeah well it's funny i was realizing as i was when you were asking me well how do you feel i was thinking oh you know i think up until now i didn't have enough room maybe to process yet another hurdle in my life right Mm. not that it's a hurdle but emotionally there is an obstacle there which is something out there that I don't know exists and there will be somewhat of a hunt to find it and that requires focus and time and some dedication or maybe maybe it doesn't I don't know maybe it's just the first step is just dipping your toe and getting a little bit wet and then you see how the universe responds and and those are the signs that you and I kind of were talking about earlier right I mean yeah I mean your sister may hear David, this. You helped me find my sister. <laughs> this was all meant to be. Uh, if that happens, uh, I don't. I don't expect payment, but a nice meal would be cool. Sure. Yeah, we go. I, could, go. I think I could probably at least provide a nice yeah, meal. Yeah, we'll have uh, some nice food in uh, somewhere in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just wanted to, you know. Uh, Thank you for doing this. Let's let's hype some of your stuff. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's hype. Uh, what, what? I mean, you're, you, there's a special place I think in the hearts of Asian American artists <laughs> and actors and and consumers of content uh, for you know your role in Saving Face. Yes, thank you. But what are you doing right now? What's what's going on? Right now, um, I have an episode coming out on uh, an NBC show, which is called um, Enemy Within. Okay. And I have uh, a new web series, which I've been working and creating, called Scenes from a Real Marriage. Ooh. And that's based on my experience with marriage and becoming a new parent and uh, disconnection with uh, intimacy and sex. (laughs) I don't know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's a dark comedy, and uh, two episodes will be coming out um, at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. It's making the festival circuit now. Oh, fun! Yeah, and soon we'll be starting a Kickstarter. So hopefully, people yeah, will be interested in supporting that. Oh, oh yeah, like me or like every oh just in, gen- gen- in general. general. Oh, I'm like yeah. We'll, you know, yeah, we'll... I uh, help me find my sister and my Kickstarter. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah we'll. <laughs> We'll, we'll plug all your stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, uh, so, well, I guess that's it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a lot, <laughs> but a nice compact, you know, yeah. Michelle, uh, if you're, if Michelle's sister somehow listens to this podcast. Yeah. If you look like me and you think you're a version of me and you are, uh, let's see, I don't know if you'd be in Japan. Well, I guess. That, well, yeah, we don't have any Japan Japanese listeners yet. Okay. Yet, I'm hoping one day. Or if you have, if you're a listener and you thought this could be opening up like, also like a perhaps not a good thing, if you think you've found somebody who looks like me, 
Um, but maybe she's my sister. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and that would be really... Well, we'll definitely do a follow-up. Let's do a follow-up. If you, if you somehow locate her. Um, yeah. That'll be a nice uh, sequel. It'll, it'll to be this one, this Signs episode. Part 2. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I want to thank Michelle Krusek. 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 Ah. It's okay. Gosh. My dad would say, my white dad would say, it's Krusek like music. But in actually in Polish, in the Polish uh, accent, I guess you, you might say, it's, it's Krusets, I think. It's Krusets. Okay. Well, let's thank Michelle. For cruzettes. cruzettes for being on the show uh thanks so much for listening talk soon thanks. bye all right bye hey if you'd like to know when our next new episode comes in it's easy you can subscribe for best story i never told that's right on itunes spotify google play or stitcher